Say with you again, say the blessing of the Lord. Say, I am blessed. I don't work to be blessed. So it is what we call the irreversible blessing. When you touch on the irreversible blessing, it means you must touch on irreversible salvation. Because when God said to Balaam, He said, Balaam, the people I have blessed and no one can reverse it. In fact, Balaam said it to, to Balak. He says, God has blessed these people and no one, say with me, no one, shall reverse it. Which means that John 10, 28 says, you are in my, my hand and you are in my Father's hand and no one shall pluck you out of my hand, neither shall they pluck you out of my Father's hand. Meaning, once the blessing has gone forth, Nothing can be done to reverse it. And nothing shall separate us from the, or nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Serving no height, no depth. Say no principalities, no powers. Every, not one demon in hell, no person can separate you. Which means that once the blessing has been proceeded, in fact, it was so powerful in the Old Covenant that when Isaac laid hands on Jacob and Ishio came in behind and he said, Father, don't you have just a little bit left for me? He said, I have given it all and I cannot take it back. Are you guys with me? It is the power of a blessing. The moment his hands was laid, it was given. Let me say it like this. The moment salvation came to you, it was a done deal. Nothing and no one can reverse it. Don't complicate the gospel. Let's keep it simple. Are you guys with me? Now the same with the blessing. Whom God has blessed, no man shall curse. Which means not one word of a curse can hang over you. It doesn't matter who says what. That every word that comes to you in judgment you shall condemn, says the Spirit of God. You shall condemn. Many of these people that are saying, you know, this one has cursed me and that one has cursed me. Don't give people so much power. Their words have no power, nothing. Are you guys with me? We are in a new covenant. I have people cursing me every single day. I have people cursing the steps I'm walking in. I have people cursing this thing here where I'm preaching. Even as we're preaching, they are watching now. Cursing, praying against us. You have seen in Krugersdorp, do you know how many pastors dies in, die in Krugersdorp? Go check the statistics. Car accident, brains cut out. I'm not being facetious, but that's what happens. Burnt, uh, kidnapped, Many, you just don't see it in the media. Which means, yes, there's a curse over this place, but the people of God in this place, it should not be able to touch you. The church was so anointed. When Peter stood in front of Ananias and Sapphira, let me make it very clear, Ananias and Sapphira were not, Sapphira were not believers. The Bible says... Um, if you look in the wording, and I'll teach it properly, they came into the church subtly 
to extort the church of money. So they try to bring a deal in, a financial deal, said they did something and tried to get money back in the favor of the people. So they came as unbelievers. This is what they did. They came in as unbelievers and they were unbelievers. I'll show it out of scripture. Maybe tonight, maybe not. But they came into the church. They pledge. Say with me, pledge. Don't pledge and don't give it. No, I'm joking. Okay. No, they were not believers. Um, they pledged a land because they wanted to look good. Remember, the church was exploding that time. They wanted to look good in front of people so that they can get business deals out of them. That's what happened. And then Peter stood in front of them and he said, you have lied because you have lied to the Holy Ghost. They shall carry you out of this place. Oh, Sapphira, because you have your husband, you and your husband have lied, as they carried out your husband, they will carry you out. Which means there's a blessing that God gives to His people. It's called, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And he places prophets in a very different category than the anointed. But let's leave that one alone. But he says, touch not my anointed. Meaning the moment you come to touch the church, God doesn't judge in the church, but He judges those outside of the church. And there are false believers that come into the church. Are you guys with me? And when I say false believers coming into the church, there are ministers, there are people that... Uh, 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 I remember when they did the documentary, as I said this morning, about us. And um, I think I said this morning, I can't remember, when they did this documentary about us, or I might have mentioned a centurion. Um, you know, they, they, uh, I just heard there were two, two people on there. Well, there were a couple of people, but two specific ones. And uh, uh, the one person repented, the, uh, uh, the two others, you know, the first person lost everything immediately after that. The second person was also never saved. They were a victim of our church, but they were never saved. They came out of a church cult. And um, uh, I believe it's a Christian, or it's a full-blown Christian cult. It's a documented Christian cult they came out of, which means that they got saved in apostasy. Are you guys with me? It's like you're getting saved in a Mormon church. You are not saved. You're believing another God. You're believing another Jesus. So you're not saved. So they're not a Christian. You know, they go on to TV and do all these things. Today they divorce. They lost their kids. Everything. Am I saying it's because of us? Absolutely. I won't be that arrogant. It is not because of us. But what I'm saying is don't touch the church. Anything, you know, you'll see this year as a great year of exposure. We prophesied it for the last three months. And uh, 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 things are going to happen. That does not mean God is judging the church. God does not judge. His judgment has been sealed and done at the cross. Believers have this skewed mindset where they're like, I'm going to give an account for every sin. No. Believers, unbelievers will give an account for every sin. You are washed in the blood. Every sin is taken away. Are you guys with me? And when you can live in that freedom, you see, when preachers don't live in that freedom, the mosque has to come down some or other time. So they put the mosque on before you, but some or other time, that mosque is taken off. And when that mosque is taken off, all hell comes out of that person, that beautiful preacher turns into a demon like this. Are you guys with me? 
not because they are unbelievers, no, 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 not because they are fake Christian, not at all, but because they are under the law. And as I said this morning, the law is the entry place for sin. Once you can receive His grace, you want to serve Him every day. The best worship that God can receive is worship of gratefulness and gratitude or people that want to serve Him just because they want to serve Him, not because they have to. Are you guys with me? We are not, we are not Islam. We are not uh, another religion. In fact, when you get into legalism, it borders on the God of, uh, the God of, God of Islam. It's a legalistic God. You have to do one, two, three, and you're bound by that. If you don't do that, you are finished. We don't serve a God. We serve a God that said, I abolish every requirement against you. I wipe it clean because I know you would not be able to, to do it or even fulfill anything in the law. No man can fulfill the law perfectly. Are you guys with me? Even Paul, who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he said, I was perfect when it comes to the law, yet I fell short. And you see a Pharisee of the Pharisees being given the gospel of grace to preach grace to a people. And then as he was preaching grace to a people, witchcraft began to come into the church. What is that witchcraft? Legalism. He says, what is this butchers that have tried to come in and to make you cut yourself and bring circumcision? He says, let them be the first ones to do it. And he says, for foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you shall so easily subvert or not listen to the truth, but that you have started in the Spirit and moved in the flesh. Are you guys with me? Which means they've started under grace. They heard the message of grace. It set them free. And then some people came and said, no, 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 that Paul is giving you a license to sin. Don't listen to him. He's giving you a license to sin. You must do circumcision. Uh, you must still keep this law. You must still keep that law. And Paul is saying, who are these people that try to put you back under bondage? Are you guys with me? It's the ministry of condemnation. But the ministry of life is not the letter, but the Spirit. Which means that we will behold His glory as in a mirror. Say with me, a mirror. Put it on for me, 2 Corinthians uh, 3 verse 16. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Do you know why the veil, do you know, the Bible says that when Jesus died upon the cross, that the veil was torn, I think it says from top to bottom, and it was rent from top to bottom, or bottom to top, top or bottom, but it was rent. Why was it rent? Do you know the moment it was rent, it was revealed that the Ark of the Covenant was not there. So listen to me. The moment it was rent, the mask was taken off of pretense that the Jews operated in because they had to pretend to the people that there was something holy there. And the moment it was turned, torn and rent, it was a sign to say, listen, what you thought was there was never there. The same as Moses having a veil over his face. Are you guys with me? Let me, let me, let's go one verse back. Let me, let me try to, let me show you something. 
Let me see where I can. Uh, let's go verse 13. Oh, well, no, let's go. Wait. Let's read from verse 1. Let's see what God does. Listen to this. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Paul is saying, listen here, are we recommending ourselves or do we need people to endorse us? You don't need anybody's endorsement. He says, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is of the heart. Now listen to this. And we have such trust through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. So the new covenant. I'm not a minister of the old covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, so the letter kills, which is simply saying the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones, he said, listen, if the law was glorious, that such glory came down that Elijah would call down fire from heaven, that Moses would be on mountain and God would speak to him face to face and the glory was everywhere. Uh, that uh, Daniel would be in a lion's den and the lions would have no appetite for him. Are you guys with me? That when Daniel fasted, the lions fasted and the lions couldn't eat him because he was already dead. There was no flesh left. That Abraham would see God walking in his physical form towards him and he saw God as a man, a theophany, that Jacob would wrestle an angel and saw a ladder of angels going up and down. Are you guys with me? And I can go on. He says, listen, if the letter and the ministry of the law was so glorious, how much more? So the how much more? He said it was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses. He said it was so glorious they couldn't look into his face because of the glory of his countenance. Now listen to this. He said his countenance was so powerful when they looked at him. In fact, if you study in the Old Covenant, they would look at him and when they would see that light, the fear and the judgment of God would hit them so much that the whole nation began to run. The nation of Israel began to run. The children of Israel began to run 15 kilometers away from the mountain. As they're running, they are throwing up and having diarrhea because of the glory. Are you guys with me? But there's no more fear like this. And I love it when people try to, when preachers try to preach and they try to bring this fear. Do we respect the glory? Absolutely. I'm the first to tell you. I've had encounters where I would be in my room and I cannot even enter my room because God would be present there. God would be on, it was like I don't know how to explain it. This was when we, when we were in another country. And, uh, 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 and I 
couldn't get into my room. I was a few meters in and I would be on my knees and weep and sit in fear. There's an onus of God. It is there. Are you guys with me? But it is not for your judgment. Now listen to this. It says they could not steadily look at the glory of the counten of, of Moses' countenance. Which glory was passing away? So they passing away. So listen to this. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? He said that glory was passing away. But right now you are in a covenant where there's an ever-increasing glory, an ever-increasing anointing. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, He said, if this ministry of the law had the glory of God, <coughs> are you guys with me? How much more the ministry of righteousness will exceed, so it will be exceed, much more in glory. Meaning you are living in a covenant right now, which what Moses had was nothing to what you had. Are you guys with me? What Elijah had was nothing to what you have. Because they had the Spirit upon, you have the Spirit within. They had the hand of God on them, but you have God inside of you. They had to go to temples built by human hands, but you are the temple built by the hands of the living God. They would go to a place or to the temple to see God, but now you have come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living gods. Where is Zion? Say with me, in me. You are a city on a hill. You have, we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living gods where there is innumerable angels, the spirits of just men and the register of the church in heaven. Do you know that in the spirit as you worship Him, as when we gather together, there's constantly angels in your midst worshiping with you. That those who have died that is in Christ have not passed on to a place where they are not alive. The Bible says you are in the place of the church of registered in heaven. Meaning you are in the church of heaven where those who are saints and have gone on to be the Lord is present and we have come unto Mount Zion. This is the duality of a Christian, meaning I am seated in heavenly places, though I am here on the earth. It's the copy of things in heaven. Uh, sorry, the cop earth is the copy of things in heaven. Even as I speak right now, do you know you're already in heaven? Because the moment you pass on, you go into a place of where you're in time to a place out of time. So the moment you step into glory, you step out of time. As you step into glory and you step out of time, what used to be past, present, future to you is now in one instance. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So if you look at it from a natural perspective, you have passed on already. That is why Paul said, we are seated in heavenly places. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Are you guys with me? Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren, being conformed into the image of His Son. He's the firstborn, so the firstborn. Not the only born to come and give, be an example or, 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 or be someone that is distant from us. No, 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 no. God is saying, I sent my first fruit, the firstborn of many to show you that I'm going to breed many like Him. Now, are you Christ? Absolutely not. Never. Are we Christ? Yes. Because Christ never left the earth. 
Jesus left the earth. Christ is the anointing. When the Holy Ghost came down, it was the Christos, the Christ coming upon. It was the Spirit of His dear Son that He sent into the hearts of the people. So He came to model a life that you can walk after that is attainable by the Spirit and the grace of God. Are you guys with me? Where, where were we? Verse 9. For if the ministry of unrighteousness and glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory. He said, even what Moses had has nothing in respect and comparison because of the glory that excels. So did the glory that excels. There's a glory that is available for you. That can, that the Bible's saying that you don't have the spirit upon that is fading. You have the spirit within that is not fading away, but it is excelling. So this is the new covenant. Give me two people, Rishay and John maybe. Stand next to one another like this. Yeah, you stand in front of him. Or stand in front of one another. Okay. So you walk a little bit forward. You walk backwards. Like slowly walk forward and backwards. The one is excelling while the other one is passing away. And he's saying if the one that is passing away had glory, we are in a new covenant where it is speeding up. Are you guys with me? The church is not going to leave this earth defeated. Let's not get into eschatology right now. But there will be a victorious church which is there to be made to occupy everything till Jesus comes. He has given you assignments and that is it. People are waiting and say, God, rapture us out of heaven. Take us away. Just disappear. And we have a mindset that we're going to be taken in the next five years. And you get nothing done on earth. Because it is in your subconscious. And your subconscious control, your spirit controls everything. Are you guys with me? So now we're in a new covenant. And this new covenant is going forward. Constantly walking forwards. Increasing and exhaling while the glory of the old covenant is constantly passing away. So he says if you want to live, you want to live under the law, that anointing will be fading away. Have your seats. This is why those who are under the law will say, I feel the anointing today. And I don't feel it on another day. Are you guys with me? Come on, how many of you said, I feel anointed today. You know, I spent so much time with the Lord. Yeah, that's okay, but you are full of Him. Why are you so silent? Do you spend time with it to get right? Absolutely, your flesh needs to die. And your lot of flesh needs to die. But there's no such thing as increasing the anointing. Why? Because you're in a ministry of the new covenant where the glory is continually increasing. Everything is speeding up. Let me, let me give you an example of what is happening. And I'm just speaking prophetically and practically. Jesus is God slowed down. God is light. Light cannot be seen unless there's matter. So he said, my people are not going to be able to see me unless I become matter. How did I become matter first? I dwelt in a tabernacle. I had to become and be in a place that had matter. Are you guys with me? Now I'm going to choose to come as the Son. And I'm going to come and dwell amongst them. And when I'm the Son, I am God slowed down. So I come to the earth so these people can look at me and see the expressed image of God. 
so that we can look at Jesus and see the express, meaning Jesus was God expressed. Jesus was whoever God is, as we wonder what does God look like, who is He? If you look at Jesus, you see God. If you look at the Holy Spirit, you see Jesus. So the Holy Spirit witnesses to Jesus about Jesus, and Jesus says, everything I do, I give to the Father. Which means the Trinity lives in perfect unity. Are you guys with me? The one knows how to honor the other one, yet here they are one and God is one, yet is three. So the Holy Ghost gives witness to Jesus. Whenever you encounter the Holy Spirit, everything will be in witness to Jesus Christ. When you see Jesus, you will see the Father. So He comes as God slowed down into this earth so that people can see. So God slowed down to change man to Himself. Uh, He became the firstborn of many. He slowed down to give many brethren like Him. A brother, not a son. You are not a child of Jesus. You are the child of God. You are a brother of Jesus. Are you guys with me? Conformed into the image of the Son. So God comes down in the, in the form of His Son. Slow down to make us like Him so that we can speed up and move at the pace that He's moving. Are you guys with me? That is why things are advancing constantly. So you have different eschatological views. You have one eschatological view that will tell you everything is going to slow down, everything becomes worse. You have another one that says things become better. And that's not here to explain the four or five different eschatological views. That is, we'll do it next year at the Bible College. But we have this mindset where we become paralyzed and we don't want to take the promise that God has for us. Are you guys with me? So say with me, the glory excels. Let's go to verse 11, verse 11. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, now listen to this. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. What was Moses doing? He was trying to put a mask on not to show the people that he's actually losing the anointing. Are you guys, that's it. So he had to put a mask on. So from that time, the Jews began to, began to, and they realized that when we saw when the ark was stolen and it was taken, we can get into that in the old covenant. Then they had the temple. And Jesus is saying, I'm tearing this veil. Rent the heavens. If heavens can be torn, it is four-dimensional. It is three-dimensional. There's another dimension. Are you guys with me? If the heavens, if somebody can take the heavens like this and tear the heavens open and pierce through, Come on, when the glory appears, even in meetings that we had, it is God piercing through from another dimension into this dimension. It is the heavens being torn open from one world into another world, into this world, from the fourth dimension into the third dimension. He says, I will rent the heavens open. 
when heaven saw open, listen to me, Jesus came when John the Baptist baptized him. And he said, the heavens opened. And the Father said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And from that moment, the heavens never shut. I'm going to say it again. From that moment, the heavens never shut. God opened the heavens. At the cross, He opened the way into the Holy of Holies. So what was the heavens being opened? It was a sign of the veil that will be torn for us to go into the Holy of Holies. So when the veil was torn from the top to the bottom, it was God making a show to say everything was a show. Are you guys with me? What you thought was there was not really there. It was trying to be hiding up to the people to make it look holy. And I'm breaking the veil from the old into the new. That is why Jesus came walking in to Jerusalem, sitting on a donkey with his feet on a colt. And Zechariah prophesied and said, the Messiah will come sitting on a donkey with his feet on a colt. The donkey is the old covenant. The, do the colt is the new covenant. And Jesus came walking in with him, sitting on the donkey and his feet on the colt, saying, I'm preaching and I'm gapping the old to the new. Are you guys with me? So when the veil is torn, it says, but whatever was what you thought was there was not there. It is gone. So Moses was trying to hide that the glory was passing away. So why did Moses put on a veil? Not to make people, not to protect people from the glory. No, no, no. He was putting on a veil to hide and to pretend to be holy. Are you guys with me? You know, I was speaking to somebody yesterday or the day before. I said to them, there are some people, they are so holy, so legalistic. When you sit in front of them, you feel like you are a demon. They, now, when it is like that, when they're so perfect, there's a lot of sin. A lot. Better the devil you can see than the devil you cannot see. Are you guys with me? Where, where were we? Put on the back on the verse. Verse 13. So Israel could not steadily look at the end of what was passing away. Verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. <laughs> Listen to it. I'm going to read it to you again. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, say this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. The Old Testament, when you read it, it must speak of Christ. Everything you read must speak of Christ. Because He is found in every verse, in every chapter, in every book in the Old Covenant. Because the Old Covenant and the Old Testament spoke of the coming of the Messiah. There's over 2,500 prophecies about Him. Oh, come on, are you guys with me? For somebody just to fulfill eight of those prophecies is 10 to the power of 57 or something strange like that. But it's impossible. Okay, and we said just eight of the prophecies is like filling the whole of the United States with, with a coin. And 
by chance marking one coin and then somebody picking up the coin. And the chance of somebody picking up that coin is the chances for one man to fulfill eight prophecies. Yet Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies of His coming. And much more of His second coming that has to be fulfilled. Are you guys with me? That is what gives what is given a credit, uh, credibility and authority to the Word of God. I don't have to convince you. And I'm sitting with people and they're like, no, no, no. We have to tell people that, uh, you know, because now there's an apostasy, a very strong apostasy in the United States where the church is going to fall away in a big area where they were never saved to begin with. So the pastors are homosexual. Everyone is, and there's a big, there's a lot of them, trust me. The one that you're seeing being exposed is a tip of the iceberg. Are you guys with me? So it's an apostate, apostate church. Um, so we see this great apostasy taking place. And uh, we, 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 we see how there will be this split. So in America right now, there's this church that has never served God, but yet they try to put on a veil on them to hide and pretend something that has always been. I'm not saying the whole church in America for those that are watching. I'm saying there is a big breaking down, especially from Atlanta going further out. Because it is a hub of, oh, the bishop introduces his husband to the whole church. And that is what is normal there. You know, like meet my husband. Um, uh, one pastor in Cape Town. Two ministers in Cape Town, two ministers came onto me once in the city of Cape Town. The one gave me a hug and, and said, invited me to speak by many, many, many years ago, many years ago, I think 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Huge church, someone I'm not going to say, obviously we're online, hugs me. And he says, and he whispers in my ear, and he said, goodbye, my leafy. <laughs> Just like this. At that time, he had a thousand, more than a thousand people in his church. I'm like, I go cold. I'm like, what is going on here? I need to, I need to leave. I leave with the other big ministers. I said, do you guys know what he just said to me? I said, he said, one, two, three. They said, no, we know. We know. They say, he's, he's with a piano player. You know? <laughs> He's with a piano player. And, uh, 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 and when you look, you see the twinkle in the eye there. You see something is wrong. The guy was, I, so I, you know, he was adamant, adamant, adamant. Then I began to see all the leadership coming out of that church. Gay, lesbian, gay, lesbian. The leadership. Because the root gives birth after its own kind. If the root is holy, the whole branch will be holy. Are you guys with me? So, so, and the other one was also somebody, I think they're prophetic, um, that yeah, came on to me many years ago also, 12 years ago, and today I hear the names of the people, I'm like, hmm, 
whatever, you know. One person came and sat in our service, they manifested like they didn't know. It was now recently um, in, in Cape Town. We will not say too much. Um, because we're online. When I'm by Cricket Store, I'm, 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 I'm used to that we're not online. But uh, uh, yeah, so person was, was in our service and manifested like full-blown. I'm like, no, 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 no. Something is wrong. And then I heard other ministers telling me, big ministers in, the other, in another country saying they reached out to this person. One offer deliverance. They don't want deliverance. So the state of the church is not very good at the moment, but there is this, so when you, like I said, again, when you look at the United States, you see this huge apostasy that is breaking out. Um, that's why I'm saying, do not underestimate the purity of the gospel in South Africa. Uh, put on the scripture, let's carry on. Verse 14, but their minds were blinded for until this day, the same veil, I read this, but let me carry on reading. Veil, veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. I spoke to you that Jesus found in the Old Testament. Speaks of the new covenant. Um, but if you just apply the Old Testament, the veil is unlifted. So how do we lift the veil? Do you know there's a way of preaching that Jesus modeled? Jesus was walking on the road of Emmaus. And the Bible says he hid the disciples from seeing him. He closed their eyes. They, they did not know they were walking with him. And as he was walking with them, he opened up the words. He expounded. In the original language it says he expounded the scriptures to them, which means he expositionally took the Old Testament and he showed himself in every part in the Old Testament. As you, so he was basically saying to me, So you know when the bronze serpent was lifted, it was speaking of my coming or my lifting up as a, as a serpent. You know when uh, the axe was falling, it was speaking of the cross that is carrying the Christ that is going down into the middle parts of the earth, going down so that, a, so that, so that he can be picked up and lifted up. And he would open up the scriptures. He say, you know the bread... In the, in, the, in the tabernacle well, it is the, or the manna in the wilderness, it is the bread of life. And he would go like this and go on and on. And he says, you know, Joseph, when Joseph came and he was his brother, his clothes were stolen from him. It was a symbol and an image and a type and a shadow of Jesus coming. And he began to open himself to them in the Scriptures. Because if your encounter is greater with God than what you can find Him in the words, you don't lack, sub, I mean, you lack substance. So God will allow you, or it is a must, that you must find Him in His words. So God hid Himself, Jesus hid Himself, not to be seen by the disciples. And He opened up the Word. And the Bible says this, did our, they said, did our hearts not burn within us? When He opened up the Word, the Word of God, when He opened up the Scriptures to us, did our hearts not burn within us? Come on, are you guys with him? That is why when revelation is preached correctly, taking old covenant, speaking to the new covenant, new covenant, speaking to the old covenant to reveal more of Christ, you will feel your spirit beginning to heat up and you'll feel yourself getting excited because Jesus is revealed in every verse, in every chapter. It is the way of preaching. It is the way of teaching. Are you guys with me? So now people have moved away from Scripture, interpreting Scripture. So that is why I will speak like this with many meetings trying to compare the both. So let's go on to the next verse. 
But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. <laughs> to this day, if you sit under a church that preaches law or condemnation, what is happening? They're putting a veil over you. You can never be free. Oh, you'll never be free. I'd rather let you be free and have sin and work through it. And you sitting here so perfectly, but you go back home, slap the kids, do this, swear to this one, and you're a devil from Monday to Sunday or Saturday. You come in your Sunday and you pretend. Your voice changes, your speech changes, your tone changes. And people look at you and they're actually like, you know, you are a devil actually. And you're just pretending you're in church. Because the veil of Moses is still on you. So preachers of today are preaching the veil of Moses. Go to Romans 8 verse, we'll get back to this one. Go to Romans 8 verse 1. Romans 8 verse 1. And this is not my message, by the way, even for tonight. I'm just going as the Holy Spirit leads. There is, say with me, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Read it again. Read it for you. Say, read it. There is. No, 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 no. Read properly. Go back from the beginning. There is. There you go. Full stop. The rest of the scripture, as I always say, take a pen, scratch it out. Take it out of your Bible. Are you guys with me? It's not supposed to be there. Every Bible will tell you this is omitted from the original manuscripts. Meaning that when King James interpreted that, uh, when King James uh, uh, interpreters in, and translated, translated that, these, these translators of the Bible translated, they could not comprehend how you can have no condemnation without a condition. So they no, 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 but, but those who walk according to the flesh, and the spirit and not according to the flesh. Are you guys with me? So we read, your, your mind reads this verse. There's now no condemnation. This is nice. To those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, but those who do not walk according to the, uh, to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Okay, I'm not walking into the Spirit. How do I walk in the Spirit? How the heck do you walk in the Spirit? Must you pray four hours? Must you pray one hour? Must you pray eight hours? What is it to walk in the Spirit? Because people have made up philosophies of what it is. Must you feel mystical? Must you feel full of goosebumps? Must you feel anointed? I don't know. Now you're walking in the Spirit. I can't minister to that. I must first be prayed up. Have you heard that? I must pray it up before I do a service. It's the law. You were sitting under somebody that was preaching Moses to you. And a veil came on you. And you were not able to see. Why do you think when you come into a prophetic church and you're in this church, it's like your eyes open. And you go into another church and you just feel like bigger. You something in you feels like, no, this is like little food. Don't underestimate sitting on the prophetic, under the prophetic. John the Baptist was so hated. Listen to me. That when Herod looked at him, oh sorry, Herod obviously knew about him, but Herod saw his daughter dancing. Are you guys with me? He saw his daughter dancing. And he said, you were dancing so beautiful. What can I give you? Tell me anything I will give you. Up until the half of my kingdom. She could have had lands, 
castles, whatever there was in that time. Are you guys with me? Palaces. And she said, give me the head of John the Baptist. So what is the value of a prophet? It is up to half of the kingdom. A kingdom. Why did she take his head? She was influenced by the spirit of Jezebel. Listen to me. That wanted to take Elijah and couldn't get to Elijah. So the spirit of Elijah came into John the Baptist. And that spirit of Jezebel wanted to finish its job. And it has to cut the head. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. In fact, the Bible says, the Bible, not Leon de Priya. The Bible says, have your seats, have your seats, have your seats. Because I don't know how the sound is going to go now with this rain. Let's try, let's try. The Bible says that John the Baptist was Elijah. Go read it again. So they believed fully. Do you know the belief system of that day? It's weird that the sound comes through to you. Isn't it? It usually doesn't come through to you. Uh, maybe just close the doors if you guys can. Not sure if that is anything. But um, let, me, let, me, let me just... Let me just uh, uh, where, where was I now? The people believed in the New Covenant. I'm uh, sorry, in the, in, the, in the early church. This was in the New Testament. But they, they had a belief system. The Jew, Jews had a belief system of the day. That, uh, that they would... That people or prophets specifically prophets specifically, can come. Now, I'm not pleased. I don't believe in reincarnation or karma or any stuff like this. We're getting Bible. Is it okay? So don't worry about your favorite preacher or this one. Let's get to the Bible. And I'll prove it out of Scripture. They had a belief system that prophets could be, their spirit could come into another person. That's why when Jesus says, who do men say that I am? They said, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you are Elijah. No, no, I don't want to hear what they say. I want to know what you say I am. I say, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the... But they believed that prophets... Why did they say... Some people say, no, you're Jeremiah that came in the flesh. Because they knew John the Baptist was Elijah. Because when they looked at him, they said the spirit of Elijah is resting upon him. They had no reference point to how Elijah looked like. But yet when they looked at John the Baptist, they could see Elijah. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. If you catch the spirit and the anointing in a house where you're birthed and you have the DNA, people might have never met me or made encounter, but they'll say you are of encounter or you carry the spirit. It is impartation. That is why, that is why Jesus that is why the Pharisees had to tell Judas, listen, point out to us the one who is Jesus. But what are you talking about? You are following him. Even if we look at the, at the, uh, what is the, uh, um, even if we look at the uh, journals, the journals of, um, of uh, this rain, just give it a few seconds. Even if we look at the journals of, what's his name? What's the guy's name that, uh, that, um, what's the guy's name that, uh, his name is on the, on the, on the, on the tip of my tongue. 
And don't worry if you're online, this is how I preach. Uh, he was, uh, he wanted to crucify Jesus and then his wife had a dream. Pilate, Pontius Pilate. So, so Pontius Pilate had journals. Herod had journals which spies came and gave him as they tracked Jesus' every move and followed every move of him. Now you want to tell me they had, they needed Judas to point him out and they said, Judas, when you are there, point to the one who is Jesus. How are you going to show him? No, I'll kiss him. I'll give him a hug. Some sort of say, hey, kiss, some say hug, but I'll get, do this. And this, this is how you will know who he is. But why? Because when he's with his disciples and all of them are in the garden, his spirit comes upon them. They look at him. They cannot see if it is him, if it is disciples. Come on. It is the anointing of schematizo that rests upon them. And it will make you look like somebody else. That is why Elisha, when he came after Elijah was taken, they said the spirit of Elijah is resting upon Elisha. John the Baptist came walking in the power and the spirit of Elijah. Are you guys with me? So the spirit man is something that is too deep or technical to understand. Can you guys hear me in the back? I know it's going to be difficult, but just hear with your spiritual ears. Uh, we'll taste you tonight. So let's go back to the scripture. 2 Corinthians. Oh, no, no, go Romans 8 verse 1. While we're on it, Romans 8 verse 1. So there is no condemnation, certainly no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, full stop. There's no condition. Which means that if you sit under a ministry and you feel condemned, it's not Jesus that was preached. It was Moses that was preached. Do you know how many preachers preach Moses? They don't give you the bread of life. They don't give you the good news. They don't give you where the disciple says, no, 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 we don't want to leave you, Jesus, because you carry the words of life. When it comes out of your mouth, it carries life. It is like a river that is coming out of your belly. You are a fountain of living water. When I feed from you, it is life. It is new covenant. It is blessings. But this prosperity preaching, there's no prosperity gospel. There's no scripture in the Bible that says there's something like the prosperity gospel. Nothing. Are you guys with me? It must be raining hard for us to hear it. Must be raining hard, but it's okay. Let us just get. Uh, I want to get the message still through to you, and then pray for you. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now let's say we are one of those believers that believe that this verse, the next sentence, has to be in there, and that you know. I must walk in the Spirit and there's a certain formula on how I walk in the Spirit. Let's say we believe that. Let's go to verse 9. So let's say I believe that. Read this for me. But 
That's it. So Paul is saying, you are not in the flesh. There's no such thing as walking in the flesh or walking in the Spirit by a certain formula. From the new covenant, when you accepted Jesus Christ, you are in the Spirit. Now, listen to me. How can that change your prayer life? When you go into your room and you know, I don't have to work God up. He is with me. I raise my hands. He is there. I open my mouth. He is there. In fact, He's not with me. He's in me. And everything in me has to be open for Him to come out. He no longer dwells in a temple, but He dwells in you. Are you guys with me? Say, I'm in the Spirit. Now, taking this into consideration, let's go to... Let's go to, uh, let's go to, let's go back to 2 Corinthians 3 verse, 5, 3 verse 15, next verse. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now I can get into Paul and Galatians and the law of liberty and the law of love. And now he's saying you have full freedom. And in fact, he goes so deep. He says, you have so much freedom. You can do whatever you want. But just for the sake of not offending others and for the sake of moral character, just control yourselves. I can tell you the verse. I can show you the verse where it is. I don't have time tonight. Are you guys with me? So Paul is saying, when you encounter the freedom of Christ, you will have so much freedom you will sit around others, but they'll actually think you must be hiding something. There must be a lot of sin because you have so much freedom. I was speaking about America. I was speaking about the apostate church and so on. There are preachers, even in America, they are so... I remember sitting with some preachers. Man, when you're sitting in front of them, it's like you're sitting with an angel from heaven, if not Jesus themselves. Everything is... And I'm speaking of bigger names. Some said they had a discussion, I overheard a discussion, and they were arguing whether Benny Hinn or another preacher is in, whose one is in heaven and whose one is not, because the one is right and one is wrong, and Benny Hinn is not. And I'm sitting and I'm listening to them like this, and my heart got grieved because in their self righteousness, they don't know how they judge everyone else. If I mention the name, you will be shocked. Watch out for your online, favorite online preacher. They'll mess you up. Or they'll mess your mind up. Garbage in, garbage out. But people in South Africa, for some reason, think anything that is Western or America is right. I, uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, algorithm is not God. People are like, you came on my on my stream, on my, no, you came on my on my on my uh, page. The Lord just put, no, the Lord didn't put you there. Okay, the algorithm was watching you, and you were speaking certain things, and then it came there. Oh no, you know I'm an encounter, but now you know this one preacher of America came on my timeline, and they saying that you know prophets are false, especially prophets from Africa. The, you know, and it was the Lord speaking to me. No, just be quiet. 
You're making an idol out of something that's got nothing to do with God. Your phone, you can look at your phone. If your eyes go to the top corner, your camera picks up, your eyes go to the top corner and sees at what you are looking. So when you open your phone, you say, oh, the devil has attacked me. It's just pornography here. And uh, you know, the devil, no, 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 no. The worst thing I could have done is look at some preacher's for you page on Instagram. Is it the for you page? Oh, it's the worst thing. Because that thing shows everything that you're watching. Tells you the woman you like, what you've been searching. So when I get people's phone, I'm like, let me see your Instagram. I want to see what you've been talking about. Because it even picks up what you're talking about. This thing will expose your heart very quickly. Are you guys with me? So don't, don't make the algorithm God. There is thousands of different camps and denominations in America. Not so much in South Africa. In America. That's why I got no attacks for the message I'm preaching. South Africa doesn't care. They just want God at this moment. You go to America, oh no, you are this ism or you are this. I classify you as a classical Arminianism. Uh, no, you are, you are Calvinism. You are this, you are that. Oh, please. You know. If you speak to a theologian, I have to say, okay, I am a one-point Calvinist, uh, victorious eschatology, type this, love this, Pentecostal, but a bit reformed. That is what I, are you kidding me? And they divide you, they cut your relationships if you believe one little thing different. Please be careful not to let garbage in and garbage out. Are you guys with me? I'm obviously going to get problems for this, but I really don't care. Let's go to Romans 8 verse 1. Oh, Romans 8 verse 9. Say, I am in the Spirit. So you are in the Spirit. This is one of the first keys for your spiritual eyes to be opened. To know you are in the Spirit. To know that you can see right now things in the Spirit. You don't have to work or pray or fast for it. You already have it. But now the problem is, go for me to Exodus 16 verse 1. We'll close with this message, but let me go there. The problem is you have some Christians that live in the blessing and you have some that don't live in the blessing. Let's read. Let's read. And they took a journey from Elam. They took their journey from Elam. Uh, and all the congregation of the children of Israel and came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they departing out of the land of Egypt. So you see here that people, they're coming out of Egypt is salvation. Are you guys with me? So the Israelites coming out of Egypt into the, into the wilderness through the, through the uh, sea is an image of salvation. But Moses was still leading them. So with him, Moses, which is the law. So listen to this. So... And the whole congregation, verse 2, the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. They complained like sheep in a church. Complain. Actually, sheep don't complain. Goats complain. But anyway, verse 3. And the children of Israel said to them, said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us. 
Are you guys with me? And the whole assembly are used to kill us. Wait, wait, go with this back. But uh, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So with me, hunger. So the Israelites were saved. They came out of Egypt. They came through the sea. It was parted this way and that. And they went through it. As they went through the sea, they came into a place and they began to complain and murmur to Moses, saying, we were better off in the world. For here we are hungering. Even if we died there, at least we would have died with our bellies full and being fed. So Moses took them into a land where they were hungering. Say with me, hungering. But they were still they said, listen, we prefer the bondage that we had to what we have right now. We prefer what is there. But now we're on a place where we are hungering. So they entered what we called the land of not enough. Are you guys with me? They were hungering. They were thirsting. They were in a place where, of the land being not enough. I call it the land of not enough. They were saved. They came out of bondage but they're still lacking. And this was part of the church. They are saved. They came out of bondage, but they are still lacking. They don't even have enough. They have the land, they're in the land of not enough. They are hungering and they are thirsting. Are you guys with me? Say with him, Moses. Moses equaled the law, meaning they were still led by Moses. They were still under the law. Under the law, you're not able to obtain any blessing that God has for you. In fact, I'll show it out of Scripture tonight. Are you guys with me just before we pray for you? If you have one ounce of the law, blessings is cancelled. You can choose to live under law or under faith. That's what Paul said. And then he went further in the book of Romans. He said, law or grace. But you can't have part law and a little bit of grace. It's either faith and it's laws, either grace and the law. But it's not both. Many Christians have lost their blessings because they're in the land of not enough. Let's go on, verse 4. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Then the Lord, uh, and it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. So understand this the God is answering them because they're complaining. Do you know how many Christians are complaining and God answers them with a little bit? But what are we that you are complaining against us? Next verse. Also Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against Him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. So they're getting upset now. Then Moses spoke to Aaron. He says, say to all congregation of children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for He has heard your complaints. This is most of the church. 
Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked towards the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall be filled with bread and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quails came up at evening and covered the camp and in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man, do you know, say with him, manna. I wonder if it is here. I'm not going to get into the Hebrew word of manna. Do you know manna means wonder and nothing in the Hebrew language? Which means that it was like angels' food given to them. But not only that, it was literally Christ given to them. Manna is not a piece of bread. Are you guys with me? It was the bread from heaven. And that bread would fed them for the whole day. Now just hold on. Uh, each one's number of person according to the number of persons. Let every man, so listen to this. He says, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's needs. Each one's need. Say with me, needs. All you, you are praying a certain prayer that you should not be praying right now. I'm going to tell you now. As long as the Lord can just meet my daily needs, you will never have anything. If Jabez in the Old Covenant can say, Lord, bless me, stretch my ten pens, uh, uh, my, my ten pegs, enlarge my borders, make my name great, you under the New Covenant who are blessed, I just want my needs for today. According to the number of the persons, let every man make those, take those to those who are in his tent. Next verse. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. Some gathered more, some less. So when they measured it by the omers, he who gathered so much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no luck. Every man had gathered according to his own need. Listen. This is the place where you cannot save money yet. And he who gathered little had no luck, and he who gathered a lot had nothing left over. Every man had gathered according to his own needs. Next verse. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed to Moses, but some of them left part of it until the morning, and it bred worms and began to stank. And Moses was angry with them. You know, just before I can reading here, I spoke to you last week about living from miracle to miracle or being blessed. Many people live on handouts. I was there in the beginning of my ministry. I would live, I don't have any money, I have debt. I would pray, I would fast. In a vision, I promise you before God, I see a check coming by my spiritual eye. I see a check, 10,000 rand. I keep praying and Two, three days later, somebody comes, gives me a check. They're watching right now, the person. Oh no, they might be in church, they're in Durban. The person, one of their family members says, they're not even in the church, the family member. said, God said to me, speak to 
give Leon this money, write a check of 10,000. Nobody knew me. And I prayed, then I was in a lot of more debt, 200,000, 300,000 in debt or something. I'm praying, we're preaching all over, preaching in another country. God comes to a man in the church, a businessman who doesn't give anything to the church. And for three nights, eventually he comes to the leadership, he says, listen, for three nights I go to bed and I wake up with a man, a faceless man standing by my bed, saying to me, settle every cent of Leon's debt. Just like that. Three days later, he comes to the leadership. The leadership comes to me. They said, this man has never given in the church. He's very wealthy, but he's never given anything. This man does not give. He said he wants to settle your debt. I said, thank God. I said, let him uh, write a letter. He settled my debt. What did I do? I sowed an amount three months, two months before that. And I shared on how do I work God's money system. uh, That if you borrow to the poor, God will give it, it's owed back to you with interest. And we can get into the banking system of God. And I took a little piece of paper and I wrote down, on 1 September, I sold 30,000 rand to a great man of God. And I said, I need 300,000 rand debt cancellation by 1 September. On 1 September, the man had the dream. I lived like that. I promise you. Are you guys with me? But then I found out now after I'm being blessed and it's all nice and it's good and I felt like I'm doing something wrong I said God but I'm not getting miracles like I used to am I not as spiritual as I used to or what has happened the Lord says no 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 do you want to go back to living on manna where it seizes the night and you have to trust again and you have to get into that place where you just have to trust with all time or do you want to live a blessed life He said, I made Abraham a blessing that whoever blessed him is blessed, whoever cursed him is cursed. That kings would be intimidated by his presence. They'll ask him to leave the country and his whole family will be blessed and his seed seed will be blessed and his children will be blessed. Would you you want to go back to manna or do you want to live a blessed life? And so many believers live from miracle to miracle and they live in the charity and in the spirit what is happening. Listen, a miracle is never eternal a miracle has come in because we are in a fallen world time has to be interrupted and we have we have problems so God has to suspend time enter into our world freeze time and cause a miracle to take place is it bad it's brilliant it's nothing but to live of it is like living off the charity of God are you guys with me or you can live a blessed life where what you used to trust for a miracle every day, you can now just walk into a store and say, okay, I want this, I want that. If you're jealous, it's okay. I can just, what I used to trust God for a computer, I can just go and say, okay, which one do I want? Anyone in the store, I can just choose. Why? I am blessed. If you don't like this preaching, it is okay. Are you guys with me? Say with me, I am blessed. Don't live under a curse. People live under a self-pronounced curse. They put themselves under the law. God is saying one moment of favor, a 24 hours of miracle, meaning the Israelites went to bed as slaves in Egypt and they woke up the next morning with the riches of Egypt upon their back because Pharaoh said, take everything, just leave the nation. And they walked out of Egypt with the riches upon their back, free and blessed, in one night, trust me, God can do it for you. But then enter into a blessed life. 
Are you guys with me? Where you, everything you do is favored. You have the Midas touch. Where even in your business, your boss can say, I don't want to lose you. I don't care what religion you worship, but whatever you're doing, is, it's working. Because everything you're touching is, you know, some Christians, their bosses can't wait to get rid of them. I hate it when people come to me, have your seats. And they say, oh, prophet, please pray for me. I have persecution at my work. What persecution? Are you on TV? Have they made documentaries about you? Have they written articles about you? Are you guys with me? No, I, I, they, they just don't, because I'm a Christian. No, do your work. Work, work hard, become skilled, know how to steward money. Have I started here? You don't want to see where I started. Are you guys with me? Today people see us and we have churches everywhere and God has blessed our ministry. Yet everything we have is the blessing of God. I don't even feel like I could redo this over because then I would put it on my own strength. So I feel like if I would lose everything that I have today, I cannot redo it again because that means I've built this on my own strength. Everything was the blessing of God handed like this to me. Handed like this. From our house, to other properties, to everything we have, to the spiritual life, to the churches, to the properties of the churches and what we're doing more. Everything is the blessing of God. People might say, but you're arrogant. I'm not arrogant. Oh, prosperity. No, I'm not prosperity. We want you to prosper. I know that for 10 years that I have slaved, I might say, oh no, but it was God testing me. Actually, it was not. It was just me being stupid, sitting under wrong doctrine that taught me for years, for 10 years, you must live by faith. No, you must live by faith. And my mind was programmed that I have to live by faith. And I became useless. Are you guys with me? What I mean by useless, no, just want this one to give you money. That now will people give you? Absolutely. If you're blessed, they will be drawn towards you. The anointing will draw them towards you. Men will come and give into your bosom. Solomon people, kings and queens came. In fact, uh, 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 with, with um, the anointing attracts because everything where God is, where His glory is, there is gold. But we don't do these things for money. So when they made the TV show about us and they're going to do, I don't know how many more. And I warned the leaders, I told them on the leadership night. But, yeah, it's free advertising. Because the other one didn't touch us. Now, be, the Bible says, uh, what does it say? Woe to you if all men speak well of you. So when you follow him, you'll be persecuted. That's why I can say, you know, every secular media show we have turned down. Because you don't own the narrative. You're sitting there and uh, 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 I'm not going to say now we're live, but uh, you're sitting there and then they just bring somebody into you by surprise walking in. So I told the guys to send emails to everyone and say no. I hope they've done it. I'm sure they've done it. And uh, say no, we're not doing anything. Do you know how it must irritate the secular world? When they look at pastors because they know that every pastor is jumping for every opportunity. Oh, it's TV. Because they will build their ministry. 
And here Leon says, no, no, no. I'm an hour on the phone with a very high, high, big personality. I can tell you, I, I mean, I can't tell you. And I'm like, first of all, why are you phoning me? I said, you are not, th- you, are, you are this and this and this. Why are you phoning me? What, I mean, what, what's the TV show about? No, they, you know, we're going to make your ministry great. We're going to blow you up. What did the devil say to Jesus in the wilderness? I will give you the kingdoms of the world. Just do this. As far as you can see, I will give it to you. Turn the stone into bread. I will give you this. I will give you that. Do you know how many ministers has offered me stuff? And the Lord would say, no, don't do it. Because when you are lifted, people will notice I who lift you. If media can make you, they can break you. Trust me. Are you guys with me? Imagine how irritated it must be for a secular world to know, but why is that person not doing it? Why are they not doing it? Are offering them to be on TV? We don't need you. They're like, no, you're a mega church. I said, what mega church? I said, actually, we're a small little church. We are nobody. I said, I think you must, this one is very interesting. That one is very interesting. And then they'll more, they'll give you so a bit more spice. Go to them. I said, no, 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 your videos are coming across us and I'm amazed by the deliverances and this. And I'm like, trap. The world will not be amazed by deliverances. The world will not be amazed by the prophetic. Are you guys with me? It's a trap. It's money. Right now they want to bring and make a shame of the world. Uh, Sorry, of the church. The world must trust me in this. Nothing secular would ever worship Christ. Nothing secular would ever speak high of anything of God on a TV show. It's sensation. I remember when the documentary came out. People like, oh, there's always truth to something. Dear God, when we sat there, I was like, if there's truth, I wanted to be truthful. Because then I have a jet. I have luxury houses. I've got luxury. I have all those things, luxury cars. I wanted to be truthful. But simpletons listen to it. They're like, see, uh, oh, honest, multi-million dollar deals with this one. That's what they said on there. Listen. I want to see the multi-million dollars deals. You will see it, everything. I'll no longer drive with, uh, Rusha will drive my Bentley. I will not drive with his Bentley, okay? Uh, you will see it. But I always said I came in persecution because we come here, and I mean, I love cars, okay? Uh, and then people like, in the beginning days, I'm like, please stop taking photos of the car because we step out of the car and then it's a photo and then it's this. And, and then people think, that's Leon's Bentley. Somebody stopped tithing to the church. I think now, I'm not going to remember. Somebody stopped tithing to the church or sent us a message. No, I, I, I just don't agree with the cars that, that Prophet Leon drive. What, what car? Are you allowed to? But I'm not allowed to. In fact, I'd probably pay less for it than what you paid for your car. Never hate what you want. Never hate what you want. Are you guys with me? When you can celebrate somebody's blessing, you are ready for it. When there's that thing in your heart like, ah, you know, they don't, there must be something, money laundry. There must be money laundry. I still want to meet the minister. I've met him obviously many times. We get this phone call in. 
I also always received his prophecies from these guys. No, I didn't get a phone call in. They contacted, they, and I want to speak to you about the, um, it's all in context of the sermon, so don't worry, because I'm provoking you to push to a place of having more. You are not bound to your circumstances. I got a pastor running a big church. I'm not going to mention the name. Running a big church. They probably so upset because I've shared the testimony many times, so it's okay. But you want to be stupid, you want to be stupid. I'll forgive them and I'll love them and I'll make full-on reconciliation. Send a message to one of my members, big church. Send a message, a voice note. I mean, you know. Send a voice note to one of my, eight minutes long. Oh, listen, brother. Why is it that you left my church for? This Leon's church. You know, all he speaks about is money. And I'm, I just want you to you know, all of us as pastors are so concerned about him. You know, we try to phone him, but they, we can never get hold of him. It's always to his receptionist. I'm like, okay, these are big ministers that are saying that. I'm like, that's awesome that if they think like, I'm exclusive like that. And then they say, you know, we have, we have got some information that is laundering money to Dubai. And he actually has taken 15 million and he's going to retire. I'm like, 15? You can retire on 15 million. I can't retire on 15 million. Okay, 15 million will be quickly over. You know, we've taken 15 million. Now, if you don't like the story, it is okay. And he's, he, we actually know what he's involved with. And, you know, he started this partnership program because he's taking all that money and he's siphoning it through to an, another account and he's going to take it and he's going to shut all his churches and run to another country. That's what they said. And then he said, you know, he's always speaking about money. What quality? He's not qualified to speak about money. He shouldn't be speaking about money. He should just preach Jesus and that is it. He should not be speaking about money. And this partnership, none of it is in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Uh, and you must get out of there. You know, it's very cultish and we've tried to reach out to him. He doesn't want any help. And I sent a voice not like this. I get the voice note. Our member sends me, the loyal member sends me the voice note. I'm shocked. I start laughing. I send them a voice note back, but not to him, through the member. So I said, please uh, tell this man this. I said, number one, uh, 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 I said, I'm qualified to speak. Maybe you're not qualified to speak on money. I am. I said, I have made money. I have been a success in areas, so I can speak on it. I said, second of all, the Bible is full of partners. Elijah had partners. Elisha had partners. Samuel had partners. Paul had partners, and even Jesus had partners, physical partners. I said, um, and anyway, all our partners doesn't come to me. And I said, the amount that he said, because he, he said something like, I'm getting 1.5 million in on partners, that's coming to myself only. I said, please tell him that it is in violation. I said to him, I said, listen, it is in a voice note. It's in violation of what you're saying, because you're saying I'm committing a crime that uh, I'm going to be laundering money or whatever it is. You say, I'm committing a crime. And then I said, and you have never phoned me once. I went to your meetings. I greeted you face to face with your hand. I was there with all the posts. I said, we went three or four times. But since you got this message, I said, thank you. We will no longer, and we know we are unwelcome. We'll no longer come again. So I sent that message to him. I got a, the man sends a voice note back. And he says, now he's upset with the member. Why are you, please don't send this one again to Leon. Why are you telling him this? Now we have to go apologize to him. Like, literally, he's talking like this. I'm speaking of somebody that has thousands in their church. Not hundreds, thousands. Are you guys with me? I said some more bad stuff on the message, but now we have to apologize. I can't believe this. Just, I trust you now. Please don't send this one to him. You know, and... uh, 
but I just want to say you need to consider. And I, I just want to say, you know, we, I never said this. I never said, no, it's in voice. I never said he's doing money laundering. I never said he's in a crime. I'm just saying that we are concerned. Now he's trying to justify. So I just send it. He sent me, I send another voice right back. I said, through the member, I said, I, I said, you know, can you not learn? I said, I said, listen, I'm not available to, for you to apologize now. So I'm going to go on holiday. I'm going to be away for four months. So we can maybe look at next year, January or February, you can apologize to me. And I'll never embarrass him or, or say who it is. I'm just giving you a story. Are you guys with me? But the jealousy of people, simply because of what they perceive, but it's not what you have and they don't have. It is something that is a, a heart quality that is not right. And many times people are not blessed because the heart quality is not right. Are you guys with me? Let's go back to the scripture wherever we were. Verse 20. Notwithstanding they heard the Lord, not unto Moses, but some of them left it until morning and it bred worms. Next verse. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to these needs. And when the sun became hot, it melted. And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much. So we see, say with me, according to my need. So now they entered from the land of not enough into the land of just enough. This is where many Christians are stuck at. The land where God meets your daily needs. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. But this is the prayer you have to pray. Do you know why Jesus gave that prayer to his disciples? Because his disciples was crying and said, John is teaching his people to pray. Why are you not teaching us to pray? And he was trying to say to them, I don't need you to teach you to pray because you have the one who you're praying to right here. But since you, he says, John's disciples have to pray because they're not with me. But since you want to learn how to pray, let me give you a prayer to pray. And he gave them this prayer. It's very simple in the Bible. It's right there. They were complaining. Oh, teach us how to pray. You cannot teach somebody how to pray. How can I teach you how to speak to your wife or speak to your kids? Are, are you guys with me? So what is this prayer? It's my daily needs. And we read, it's all good. I understand, but we need to understand dispensational truth. We need to understand covenants, old covenant, new covenant. We need to understand the audience that Jesus is talking to. Are you guys with me? He was speaking an old covenant there. But he was speaking, give us our daily bread. That's all good. But the Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He doesn't say, I shall not need. He said, I will have all my wants. I will give you the desires of your hearts. And then Jesus said to disciples, whatsoever disciples, whatsoever you desire, ask and I will give it to you. Whatsoever you desire, pray and you shall believe and you shall receive what you have asked for. What father does not give the desires to their children? Now tell me this, is the church walking in the desires? Are you guys with me? There are some prayers you have to answer yourself. And there are some prayers that God answers. The lady with the issue of blood answered her own prayer. I'm going to say it again. The lady with the issue of blood answered her own prayer. 
Jesus had nothing to do with it. He was the vessel. He didn't even know who had touched him. Which means she said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. She gave herself a solution. And she said, when I touch it, not that when he prays for me or when he lays hands on me, if I touch the hem of his garment, are you guys with me? If I touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. And when she touched it, she was healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? I had nothing to do with this miracle. Somebody by their faith pushed into a realm and by faith believed, by faith spoke as they believe, by faith they received without me knowing. Some people are sitting and waiting and praying and say, God, do this for me. God, do this for me. No, 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 no. He's waiting for you to get your bum up and begin to walk and enter into a miracle and grab a hold of it because it's got nothing to do with God. It's about your faith. So people are praying to a God that is in a sky somewhere away. That's old covenant. He has come near to us, even in us. So we pray and we say, oh God, let your glory come down. And I'm not feeling anything. Oh, I have a shut heaven at my house. While He's in you. And all you need to learn is to how to let Him out. Why are we fasting from tomorrow? It's to break the flesh, to let Him out. Because this flesh here has blinded you. And the flesh will always shift somebody back into the law. The moment they fall into sin or into flesh and they entertain the flesh, the law comes in. Are you guys with me? Let's go here with verse 22. So the land of just enough. This is the place where your needs are met. But when they were here, they were still under Moses. Say under Moses, which is the law. The law can take you in a land of not enough. It can have you in the land of just enough but it can never take you beyond that. It will keep you in the land of just enough. So you'll have your needs met. You'll have bread to eat. You'll have rent to pay. And you'll shift between that and not enough and just enough and not enough. And God answers your prayers, but He's okay with, He's happy because He wants to keep you happy. Because He came to Pharaoh and He said to, and, and Moses said to Pharaoh, if the, you know, the Lord can remove the frogs tonight. And Pharaoh said these words, no, do it tomorrow. Meaning I am comfortable with my current situation. There's nothing in me that says I need to get out of this now. I can still sit another night. The problem with people is the enemy has removed their tenacity, determination to say, I am not, listen here, what, what, why are we a church? Are we a church because it's a religion? Because then the Muslims are doing much greater than us because at least they're occupying. Christians are doing squat. You will not see one person getting out on the streets, and I'm not going to say, they will not say, I, you know, swear words and this God. They'll not, or let me put it as blunt and raw, they'll not say, if Islam. Are you guys with me? Why? Fear. But what can they do about Jesus? Oh, they can get up 
and say whatever blasphemies they want. And sometimes I wonder why, that's why many people have respect for Islam. Fear brings respect, by the way. It doesn't bring love, but it brings respect. Uh, but if we are saying this is a religion, then Muslims are doing better than us because they're wealthier. They're taking over nations. They're taking over everything, breeding their children everywhere. That's how it works. Christians, I have to be humble. The Lord is my provider. Yes, He'll bless you. But let your hands not be lazy. Provide for yourself. No, the Lord will. Maybe this is just the will of God for me to be in poverty, to be poor, not to have a lot. No, you are. Let's get to the root of everything. You love your sleep, you are lazy. A little folding of the hands, little slumber, and your poverty will come on you suddenly. Are you guys with me? God blesses hard-working hands. He blesses hard-working minds, hard-working hands. He blesses it. There's no way somebody is diligent in their work and they will not be blessed. The Bible makes it very clear. Be diligent in your work and your work will be blessed. It'll have God all around it. Christians, listen to me, from 20 years of counseling, 20 years, 20, I'm saved 21 years, and been in ministry for close to that time as well, meaning serving in in full-time ministry, counseled many people. I have seen Christians are lazy. They have an entitlement attitude. It's going to be given to me. Are you guys with me? The blessing of God does not come like that. You know, people, so, so why are they doing these TV shows? Why are the people, because they're seeing us now, they're not seeing us 15 years ago. We have labored, preached, starved with hunger. Preaching, I, I, I can't say that situation because the people will be watching, but uh, preaching in situations that is horrid and horrible. I mean, you can't even touch a knife or a fork and you have to sit and eat there. And you're getting, you're preaching a whole week and they're giving you 400 rand, saying thank you so much, 800 rand. Okay, I've got a full-time team. I travel, I have a family. One church, I never spoke to that church and gave me a bag of peppermints. A thousand people, I got 150 salvations or 200 salvations. Oh, yeah, we just want to bless you. Listen, peppermints is not gonna fill my tank. Peppermints, and then the Lord said to me, not even David slew Goliath without saying, what is in it for me? Because I value the gift that I carry. Not even David, David says, no, 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 I'm not taking out this giant. Yeah, my God can, but I'm not taking out just giants. I wanna know what I can get. Okay, I can get Jonathan as a best friend of the king's son. The king's son, is, I can get his daughter. I can get lands, property. Hmm, I value the gift that God has in me. But don't value if it is not trained. Are you guys with me? David knew with one stone, he can take him out. I don't know if you guys are with me. And when David slew the stone, he was, when David went and he was born as the eighth son, when he was born as the eighth son, the sheep, a shepherd in those days would be the least of people. The least of the brothers would be a shepherd. And Jesus come and says, I am the good shepherd. So David said, David, everything that David did was in fulfillment of the new covenant. So he goes and he takes food to his brothers. What did the father do with Jesus? He came and sent him as the bread of life to us. 
and he took food to his brothers that was under the rule of, uh, what is his name, Saul. A tyrannical system. What did Jesus do? He came to be the bread of life. To his brothers, who is now, he's the firstborn of many brethren. And he came as the bread of life to those who are under a tyrannical system. And when he took out Goliath, he took out, he took a stone and he took him out and he cut his head off. And he carried his head to a hill called Galgotha, which means Goliath. And he took Goliath's head and he took it to a hill, which means Galgotha. And it was the hill of Galgot. What is it? Uh, 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 Galgot. Uh, Gal it's the hill of skulls. And as he took it on that hill, he buried it there. And Jesus said, I'm going up a hill with a cross. And I'm being crucified on a hill of Golgotha, exactly where the head of Goliath was buried. Because he had to come into fulfillment everything that the Old Testament spoke about. So David was an image of him. Are you guys with me? Why did he come walking in on a donkey in the city of Jerusalem? Because Zechariah prophesied and said he'll come in on a donkey with a colt. And then also Balaam, when he struck this donkey, if you look at a donkey, the only animal that has a cross on his back is a donkey. So when Jesus was carried in to Jerusalem, the donkey was the cross that carried Jesus into Jerusalem. And God chose the animal, which is a donkey. And if you look now on a donkey's back, they'll see some of them have a cross like this. Nothing is by mistake. Everything is by perfect design. So through the land of just enough. Why were they stuck in the land of just enough? The Bible says they complained and they murmured. And God said, let us just be answering their complaints. Let's give them what they have need. And why were they under their so were they the law? They were still with Moses. Go with me to, go with me to Exodus um, uh, 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 16 verse 28. Exodus 16 verse 28. And listen to me, many people have just enough. If you're, what am I trying to say? If you're sitting, you're saying, I am satisfied with just enough. Something is wrong. Shift it. And you have to become blinded to your circumstances, which means you have to be, you have to carry the blessing. As I said this morning, when you have the blessing on you, you cannot even see the heat. It's not even conscious of you. It's like you are, you're not conscious of the heat around you. For you to carry the blessing, you must not be able to see your problems. You must, it must go like a hot knife through butter. People must be like, oh, but you're suffering, but you're just seeing the good. And you become blinded to your circumstances because what you behold, you become. Are you guys with me? And the Lord said to Moses, how, do you how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? How long do you refuse to keep my commandments, my laws? Meaning the moment you are in the law, you have to fulfill the whole law. And the moment you break it, blessings stop. Go through to Joshua 1 verse 1. The Bible says when you go under the law, the law judges you. The law curses you. You are under the curse of the law. Listen to this, Joshua 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the law, serve me after the law. It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, which is the root for Jesus. Are you guys with me? If you look at the name Jesus, it means Joshua. 
Joshua means Jesus. Moses, the law. So what did Jesus do? He came to fulfill the law. And after the law was done away with. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, next verse. Moses, my servant, is dead. So he dead. The law is dead. Now therefore arise, go over to Jordan, this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Next verse. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you, says the Lord. I say, I said, says, as, as I said to Moses. Next verse. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river of the Euphrates and the land of Hittites, uh, shall be your territory. Next verse. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, neither forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Go to Leviticus 20 verse 24. What is this land? Leviticus 20 verse 24. This is the land. That it is speaking about. But I have said to you, you shall not, or you shall inherit their land. So is their land. God's blessing is on land. And I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. For I am the Lord your God who has separated you from the people. So now we see when the law is done away with, Moses is dead. Jesus comes, Joshua comes, and he's saying, I'll take you from the land of just enough into the land of more than enough, where it flows with milk and with honey, meaning it is the blessing of the Lord, which you will go in and you will possess the land. Are you guys with me? Listen to me. Every time the promise of God was given in Scripture or a promise of God was pronounced, it had land attached to it in the Old Covenant. He says, I'll bless you, divide this land here. Uh, Isaac, I want you to bless the children. Uh, 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 Israel, I want you to bless the children. Lay your hands on them, the children of Israel, the 12 children of Israel. And as you bless them, divide land up to each of them. And Deuteronomy 6 says, I will bless you with land that you have not worked for, vineyards you have not worked for, wells you have not dug. Are you guys with me? So with the land, say property. I believe full on. It is God's purpose for everyone to own property. It is His blessing. It is His promise. Because He's given the earth for you to inherit. Are you guys with me? You know, have your seats. We, we are fighting this invisible enemy. And please, I believe in casting our demons. We cast our demons. We do deliverance, everything. But we fight an enemy. Well, let me say it like this. I'll still teach on it. Spiritual forces has no effect on a Christian who knows the finished work of the cross. No effect. It was proven. Some people say, oh, my grandmother somewhere cursed me. I have people cursing me every day, as I said to you. Where is it? According to them, I should have died two years ago. They're praying for my death this and prophesying my death this. I should have been dead long ago. Even ministers coming on live stream, I prophesy Leon will be dying and this and that and destruction will come. Do you know I've had people that we had to deal with legally, ministers that says they will vow to destroy my ministry 
if this is the last thing they will do on this, they will vow to destroy my ministry. Where are we? The curse has no effect on you. When you are blessed, the curse comes, it doesn't even drop, it bounces back and it affects them and they begin to do what they accuse you of doing. They begin to do what they cursed you for doing. Come on, it's the force field. I said to you, I preached a message. When God visits a man, what does He do when He visits you? Eventually a force field comes around you where everything that is thrown against you is turned for your good purpose. It comes and once it hits the force field, it shifts into something that will work for you and for your purpose. And then you become a blessing. Then you become an irreversible blessing. Then you become the blessed of God. Wherever you go and whoever blesses you will be blessed. Whoever curses you will be cursed. And the blessing cannot be reversed. Impossible. Once God has blessed, it is it is done. That's it. That's why Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Listen, the, on the cross, you can have your seats, on the cross was everything of God's plan. It was done on the cross right there. That's why Jesus said, it is finished. Meaning there only God rested. He never rested on the seventh day. He rested there on the seventh year of the thousand year to a thousand to a one day being a thousand years to the Lord. Because I can prove to you God didn't rest on the seventh day after His creation. Even the Bible says God rested. It's speaking spiritually there. Because still God came down and visited Abraham. Killed Sodom and Gomorrah. Destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Killed 180,000 people in the wilderness. God was very hardworking, trust me. Are you guys with me? But Jesus, who is God, in Luke 4, 18, opened the scrolls and found a place where the prophet Isaiah spoke and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he goes on and on and on. And the Bible says, he closed the book or the scroll. They were not upset with what he read. It was normal what he read. He was, are you guys with me? In that Jewish custom, it was his turn, his role to open the scroll and do the reading of the day. And he read a scripture from the Old Covenant. They were not upset with that. They were indignant and upset when he closed the book or the scroll. And he walked and the Bible says he sat down. Then they were upset in them. Because where he went and sat was not in the normal chair or where they were all sitting. It was on a chair that was reserved for the Messiah's coming. And they left the chair open because they were believing the Messiah has to come and rule. So they left a chair for him. And Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me. And He says, I am anointed. And He closed the book and He walks to the Messiah's chair and He sat. And they knew the moments the Messiah sit on that chair is speaking of the finished work and the fulfillment and that the King has come. So he said, I am the Messiah. And they got up very angry. Are you guys with me? But the moment he sat down, he said, it is finished. That is why you are not standing in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places. Because it is at rest, you're seated with Him. That is the blessing of God. And I, oh, have your seats, have your seats. We're still far from finished. I'm joking. Okay. 
you know, you find this lesson out after serving God for how many years? Then the Bible says, when you become skilled in the word of righteousness. So when you are mature, you are no longer a babe. So when you come out of your maturity in the first few years, you're serving God. I mean, this preacher is saying you must pray eight hours a day, you're praying eight hours a day. It's working, it's okay, but it's all according to your unrighteousness. And then you begin to go through the road and the closer you get to God, you begin to realize a different quality about Him. You begin to realize His goodness, His grace. Not because you have fallen sin or we had any moral failure, no, nothing. All of us sin missed the mark, but no moral failures, no scandal is going to come out. You know, I always say, if somebody always saying the inward in America is receipts, receipts, and they have receipts on Leon and receipts on this one. And what receipts? Did you have a photo where I'm on my knees praying on a prayer mountain and you're saying I'm praying in a grave for powers? No. You're just seeing a spiritual power we have. Because how does, I mean, I have a minister, 15,000 people in the church, saying, or his right-hand man saying, let me rather say it like that, his right-hand man saying, send me a message, whether it's on his bar or not, send me a message, like 10 pages. I know how you do, f- do forensic prophecy. I see the sleight of hand. Sleight of hand? <laughs> Listen, if I knew sleight of hand, I'd be like, make some money in another way also. <laughs> well, I have much more money than, than what the church will give you. Uh, you have sleight of hand and you do this and the power of suggestion and this and that and now we caught you. No, you caught nothing. You are jealous because you cannot find out how we do it. And you are not approving of what heaven approved. So it must be of the devil. Like they said to Jesus, what is the source of his power? Beelzebub. He cast out devils by the power of Beelzebub. That's his source. Now what, oh no, Leon, there's no way Leon can be accurate or this. No, no, it's a spirit of divination. Familiarity. You don't even know what a spirit of familiarity is or divination. Be quiet. One preacher phoned me late at night, trying to convince me of a lot of things. I said, I'm just respectful because they're old. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. You must be careful of divination. And, you know, uh, I'm a bit concerned the way you prophesy. Now, I'm going to tell you how prophecy works. I'm like, thank you so much. I'm humble. I don't care about my reputation. I'm not going to. It's late at night. And again, if I have to tell you the name, you'll, you'll know immediately. I said, yes. And at the end of the conversation, I just want to tell you, the Lord is telling me, I want to tell you true prophecy now. He says, I want you to go tomorrow morning into that service. The Lord is telling me there will be two necks that is going to be healed. And there's going to be a shoulder that is going to be healed. And you will see, I'm saying, mm-hmm. I have seen angels, brother. I have seen God visiting me. I have seen more angels that you could have imagined. I had an angel visiting me in the flesh telling me to plant the church. You want to tell me you are now a prophet. I'm just being respectful. Wow, wow. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, yes, sir. No, I'll see the next year tomorrow. And I said, you must message me when it happens. I'm like, no, you don't want me to message me. It's not going to happen. God ain't saying nothing. You just have to be one up on other. I get to the church. I'm doing my best. I'm hoping it's going to be, I know there's nothing going to happen. But you see, the voice of God, you know when somebody prophesies to you accurately. You know it. You know me, not prophet. I don't prophesy every service because why? The word has to be the focus. The word is that builds you up. The word is what builds up. Preaching is good, but the word builds up. 
So I preach, teach, preach, teach, preach, teach. We lay hands on our people. Our church is blessed. We lay hands all the time. Anointing services tonight. We'll pray for as the Holy Spirit leads. I want to pray for you as we go into the fast. But we have prophesied. We have done 600 prophecies a night. 600, 400 to 600 prophecies a night. We've prophesied, prophesied the one day, 24 hours. One-on-one on Telegram with 6,000 people live. Comments coming in so fast and we just said prophesy. People have testimonies to this day. We prophesied people's, the names of the husband or the wife they'll marry. Two years later, they don't know the person. Two years later, they get married. They pull out the paper here, I Leon de wrote the name of the person that you'll be marrying. We've been in realms of prophecy. So now I have to, you have to, and now people want to know I'm, I'm bowing and I, I'm, I'm, I'm kneeling on a prayer mountain and I'm now praying in a grave. Toward, oh, please, just shut up. Just go ask God, why don't you have the anointing? Why can't you prophesy? And be upset with whom God chooses. Because the mantle does not come to whom we think it will come. Are you guys with me? This gift is precious. I trust me, I don't just let it go to because I have realized people can just come prophecy, prophecy, prophesy, prophesy, but it's like it means nothing. And when you truly hear from God, I prophesy, I got nothing to prove. I don't have to prophesy every service. If God speaks to me, it has to be the Holy Spirit that speaks to me, or it has to be an angel that whispers to me because angels speak to you. When I said angels visiting, many of you, how many, how many years have seen angels in our church from the prophetic retreat to, to, to after before? Look at that. Everyone that was on the prophetic retreat saw angels and heard angels. Everyone. When we were before that, centurion was shaken by the power of God, the physical building shaken. And a wind came in, blew throughout the church. Now people want to say to me, mm, I'll tell you a real prophecy. The Lord has told me something about you that you didn't want me to, me to, to talk to you about. I just give grace because as older people, we respect them, we honor, but I'm not a fool. Are you guys with me? I didn't start yesterday, didn't start today. The Lord has spoken to me. What we have, everything I have is what God spoke to me. What we are doing right now, what we have done, every church we have, I remember seeing it in a vision. Three years before, four years before we planted the church, four years, maybe four or five years, I met Chris. I didn't even know who he was. He bought me a watch, didn't know who he was. I'm just like, he's married to some girl that I know that was in school with me. He bought me this watch, a really watch that I wanted. I was like, this was one of my first blessings, was a, uh, a cheap diesel watch, okay? But it was a nice watch, but it was something special to me. And he really bought me, I didn't know him. And then I remember preaching in Pretoria and I flew up there and here Chris was picking me up. I didn't know, I'm like climbing in the car, all good. That's how we, that's how, if you look at the team that's close to me, that's how every relationship was developed. It was God sent like this. I got in the car, he's just driving me to his meetings. I don't know, don't know anything about him, nothing. I think he reached me out on Facebook, that's about it, and he said, I'm gonna serve you, I'm gonna carry, pick you up at the airport, I'm gonna do this. And I remember driving back from Pretoria, I said, you know, we'll have a church in Centurion, and it will look like this, and it'll look like this, and it'll have this, and it'll be this side, and then I said, it'll spread out. So clearly, because I came from a meeting in Pretoria, and the Lord gave me this clear vision. Everything, Pastor Martin comes to my house, walks into my house, unsaved, in a meeting we had in our house. I into a house, unsafe, unbeliever, just wanted to drop off his wife. I called him to me, prophesied, began to prophesy when the glory fell on the place. I said, in three years' time today, you will preach with me. 
three years to the date he preached to me. If you've seen Daniel Adams' prophecy, now what is, it's not significant that I prophesied a boy. Please, we do that every single, all the time. And I've never missed it as far as I know. Are you guys with me? Never, not once have I ever missed it. Now that one, I was like, ish, this was in front of 5,000 people. But on the date that I said to him, you will have a son. A year later on the day, on the day, he sent me a message like, we found out it's a boy on the exact same day a year later. There are some people that have seen stuff and they can't deny that you speak from God. There are others that think you're fake because they've never been assigned to you. So the mistake with ministry is there's some people that have ever been assigned to you and some that have. Stay in your river. Don't leave here and go to some sicker sensitive church. You are out of the river of God. If this is the revelation that speaks to you, this is the only one that will speak to you. Others will bring confusion and confusion and confusion. This one will say you must tithe. This one will say you must not tithe. And Leon says we must tithe, but these are saying we must not tithe. I'm confused. No, you just let your mind wander and listen to too many voices. So to the land of more than enough, the land of milk and honey. So to the promised lands. Listen, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. He has opened His treasury to you. God wants to bless you with your wants. When the disciples fed the crowd, fed the crowds, they had 12 baskets over and more than that, than what they needed and what they wanted. When God blesses, it is never in a form of reservation. It is in a form of abundance. Are you guys with me? Even as believers, when you give, if you give to somebody on the street, don't give in need, give in abundance. I know it doesn't make sense. You know, I have this rule when I give somebody something, as when I bless them. If it is charity, or if it is somebody I honor that is big, either or. But if it is charity, I will give them, let's say they need a shirt, I won't give them a shirt. That is just me. I'll try to express God's image to them. I'll give them more than what they expected. It doesn't matter how they're going to sell it for drugs. It's okay, then they sell it for drugs. But I'll try, and I'm not saying we give to every street beggar. I'm just saying when I've blessed people, I've tried to give more to express. Why? Jesus came as the express image of God. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's meaning God showed His love by giving. We show our love and our faith by giving. So it is not a law, it is a principle. It is an expression of faith. It is an expression with love. That's why Paul comes and he says, I want you to give generously. He says, you don't have to. Nothing in there says, but I just want to let you know, as you give, you'll reap. Paul is saying that. He says, they are not under the law, you don't have to. But let's get to a spiritual law. Reap a gift sparingly, reap sparingly. Give generously, reap generously. Are you guys with me? Stand your feet wherever you are. I want to minister to Sandra. La Rosca Arredelebe. Say with me, I serve Al Shaddai, the God of more than enough. 
He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is the one that will give you every want, every desire, more than your needs. But what have I doing the whole evening? I have preached to shift your mindsets, to change the belief system, that you are forced to know God wants to bless you. Are you guys with me? Say with me, God wants to bless me. Say with me, God has blessed me in Christ. Everything is met. The blessing of God will attract people to you. Put on the screen Isaiah chapter number 60 verse 1. La Rosca, as you're standing, Isaiah 60 verse 1. And this was prophesying of the new covenant that is coming. Isaiah 61. Arise and shine, for your light has come. Say, my light has come. And the glory is risen upon me. Not the glory has come down or fallen on me. It's risen. It's come out of my belly. It's rising up out of you. Many the glory is in you. The ark is in you. You are the tabernacle, not built by human hands, but built by the hands of God. You are a walking, talking, open heaven. You are a walking, talking Eden. Adam was an Eden. Christ was the last Adam, which is Eden. We are the brothers of Christ. Wherever you are, there is an Eden. Four rivers coming out of the four chambers of your heart. For out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. When you understand the promise of the new covenant, when you understand the promise, the contract of this covenant we have entered into. God is saying like He said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to stay aside. I will walk through the two animal pieces because I'm making a covenant with myself. What is Christ on the cross? It is God making a covenant with Himself, not with man. Are you guys with me? He is the best lawyer, the best advocate. He said, I forever make intercession of your behalf for your salvation to be full. So when I lose my salvation, guess what am I saying? Jesus is a bad intercessor. He's a bad lawyer, bad advocate, bad mediator. There's doctrines that people preach that's very gnostic. There's doctrines that people preach that has messed up the church and is fear-driven because they have to come back and give. And that's the only way the church is supported. Are you guys with me? Certainly we are a grace people. Grace is about everything about receiving. Now, now, but you know, is there not anything we have to do? Leon, we have to be spiritual. No, there's nothing you have to do. That is the good news. But once you receive it, you would want to do everything. If the Spirit is not working in you, good works, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Uh, but we must work our own salvation with fear and trembling. Next verse, He works in you, both to do and to will for His good pleasure. So God works good works in you, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. So once you receive the Spirit of God, if you are truly genuinely saved, his workmanship, you are His workmanship. His works will begin to come automatically. You would want to. Nobody has ever told me to read the Word. 
no preachers ever so million I just don't think you're praying enough I need you you know why you're not praying here why are you not praying in the prayer meeting I need you to pray never once I received the Spirit of God there was a hunger and a thirst in me a holy hunger that just it was uncontainable I got saved in a house of drug addicts as a drug addict in a drug den saved there with hands being laid upon me and the power of God falling on me from that moment that hands was laid on me and somebody gave me God I lived with the Holy Ghost and I always heard His voice are you guys with me? I always heard His voice everywhere because my sheep knows my voice so if somebody doesn't know His voice they are not His sheep they are goats they are not His sheep they butt, you know the people in the church, they butt, 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 butt about their own butts, about. They butt, butt, goats butt. They hit you with their heads. They complain, they moan, they murmur. When you're genuinely saved, when the Spirit of God is in you, you will pray, you would want to get into the Word. You can fall short. Everyone falls short. It is called missing the mark. Are you guys with me? But that hunger will be here. If there's no hunger there, there's no genuine salvation. I'm being honest. If there is not a desire to stop sinning and we can go through 10 signs and then we can go to uh, three main signs of what it is to be saved. To love the brethren, to love the church. Nobody's ever told me to come to church. I knew from the day that I'm saved, every Sunday is church. From that day onwards. Every Sunday is church. Nobody has ever begged me to come to church. Not from the day that I got saved, ever that I feel like I'm backsliding a little bit, yes, but I was, even in my backslidden state, I was in love with the family of God. There was something that just want me wanted to be around brethren and around Christians and fellow believers because light cannot dwell with darkness. Light has to fellowship with light. Are you guys with me? So when I was in... When I got saved, nobody had to say anything. There was a hunger. There was something working in me. I remember the first night I went home. I don't know what a, I don't know any verse in the Bible, nothing. I went home and I went down to Ryan bed and there was drug addicts in our house. Even at ours, there was like a house party. And, and I was, I mean, I was young. My parents were away. And I remember lying down in my room. I'm getting everybody out of my, it was a lot of people. Let's say like 30, 40 people or so that was just getting drunk and on drugs and so on. I remember closing my door and I lied down on my bed and this voice came from inside that just pulled me towards Him. And every time I would want to do something, this voice would come, no, I've called you. Inside of you, I'd go to a club and try to get drunk. When I just got saved, and then this voice is in me and saying, you don't belong here. What was happening? The Holy Spirit was convicting me to righteousness. The Holy Spirit will never convict you of sin after you're saved. He convicts the world of sin. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will convict the world. So the world. Jesus says we are not of this world, but we are in this world. So you are not the world. He convicts the world. When do you get convicted? That moment at salvation. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, that's the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Afterwards, He convicts you to righteousness. He pushes you. He says, I have more for you, more for you than where you are right now. Where you are in this club, I have more for you. Where you are in this place, I have more for you. Are you guys with me? You know, prophecy, people can be prophesied over and they can still not serve God. I promise you, the Israelites were in the wilderness and they saw all the miracles. 
but they, they were not serving God. I was with somebody in our house, somebody that's well known in our house. I said, listen, they wanted a prophecy and I'm sitting there and they be, I said, listen, in two weeks, there's going to be a scandal and this is going to happen. And I see there's an accounting problem. I said, the person with your finances, please look into it. I said, one, two, three, they've stolen money from your year. Business is sitting, okay. Not catching anything. Two weeks later, everything came out. And they came, oh no, 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 this person has been stealing money from me. They're doing this, they're doing that. They want to put it in the newspapers, scandal. I said, but I told you. You see, prophecy, the Lord did all those miracles in Israel. In, in, in Israel. Yet, they still served. At the moment Moses is just spending time with God, Aaron builds a golden calf. The associate pastor always, you know. I say, watch out for Pastor Martin if I'm away too long. You know, he's going to take up offerings from everybody, the earrings, build a golden calf, and get them all to worship it. So, uh, um, they could see all these things, yet they would still serve idols. So I am blessed. I am blessed. So I give out of my blessedness. Raise your hands to the Lord wherever you are. Are we going to pray for you after this? I just want us to take up an offering, but we're going to pray for those after this, just for a fresh infilling, a fresh touch. As you go into this fast, I want to anoint your heads that God will visit you in this place, that God will visit you in your house, that this fast you will draw, be drawn closer to Him, that you'll walk in a place of divine healing, that you'll encounter Him. There's no way you can be an encounter church and not encounter Him. Are you guys with me? So I give out of my blessing. Raise your hands to the Lord. Raise your hands to the Lord. Father, I pray. Let the anointing saturate this place. I pray right now that you'll speak to any person the amount that they need to give or anything like that. Let the glory rest on them. I prophesy, I decree and declare. Let money not leave their hands to you without a return and a blessing from the Lord. Let it be sown into fruitful soil. Let it yield for them a return like never before. In Jesus' mighty name. May they know in 2024 that you are the God that provides for them. I pray that they will know in 2024 that your mercies are new every morning. That you are that yesterday is gone, that the blessing of God is for them, that you have called them to have good success. You have called them to prosper. You have called them to be blessed in every area. You have called their name to be on the praises of people's lips. You have called them to be, to be the talk of the town. You have called them to be prosperous and to be a blessing. The shalom of God is upon them. And I pray in this region of Krugersdorp, that every spirit and every limitation that has limited people in their success, that has limited churches to grow, that has limited churches with church splits, I pray for that spirit to be broken, that when revival is poured out, 
There's a spirit of generosity that comes with it. And Father, I pray that those who are here, that as a sign that you're with them, that you will bless them, that you'll bless their finances, bless their bank accounts, but put a spark in every single one of us to work and to give everything to you this year. In Jesus' mighty name.